I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to episode four of Blaster Cannon. This is a Den of Geek podcast focused on Star Wars and the expanded universe. I have with me Saf and Paul. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> All right, we got this. <laughs> um, how are you guys doing? Radical. I'm, uh, you know, drinking a Diet Coke on an 85 degree day in Washington. It's pretty tight. Saf, what about you? It's pretty good, yeah. The rain stopped and the sun's out and it's nice. It's nice. This week we're going to be focusing on Star Wars comics. We're mostly caught up with the major um, Marvel series that are running at the moment. So we're going to go over the main Star Wars series, the Poe Dameron series, which just wrapped up, and Han Solo, which has only one issue out at the moment. And then uh, we're also going to talk about Rogue One, because there was a lot of Rogue One news this week. Um, so strap in. We're going to start with all the pictures that came out of Entertainment Weekly. There was um, probably five different articles that came out over the course of the last week um, about new characters and about some connections to the Clone Wars. Um, we found that Darth Vader is confirmed to be in Rogue One. We found that Forrest Whitaker is playing Saw Guerrera, who is from the Clone Wars. We found Mads Mikkelsen is playing Galen Erso, which is uh, um, main character's father, Jin Erso's father. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> See, there's a lot of names here, but... There's a lot yeah. of names. Yeah. Jin's important, so... This is starting off wonderfully. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, you know that that person, Luke, Luke Starkiller, or something. Star- um, oh Lord, <laughs> something like that. So, yeah. So, all right. Before I mangle any more words, what do you guys think about this? Let's start with Darth Vader and Saw Gerrera, and then expand from there because there's all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, for me, this is just. I mean, we heard about Darth Vader a long time ago, right? Like, that's kind of been yeah. the rumor. It, it's, it's kind, kind of, of like, like confirmed without being confirmed. Everybody was saying it, but no one officially. Yeah, it was kind of like the worst kept secret. I mean, we. I mean, it. It. There's no way they couldn't have Vader in this. I think we all assumed that he would he play some kind of cameo. It sounds like he's going to play somewhat of a, a, a minor role in this, not more than a cameo, but uh, probably nothing more than I'd say around eight minutes of screen time. That's my own like guess. Um, huh. That's a very, very specific. So they said sparingly. Eight minutes yeah. is very specific. I think eight minutes is sparingly. I mean, like yeah. in the, a new hope he's like only in it for 12 minutes. So I imagine, you know, this I'm assuming he'll be in like two different scenes. One being an action scene, whooping a on everybody. And then the second scene is like him, uh, walking around being all menacey, them freaking out. So something like that. That's my kind of guess. So yeah. 
I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not surprised by it. I think it's good. I mean, it's, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's takes place bef- right before our new hope. So I figured, you know, with Disney and Lucasfilm, they just can't, they just can't, you know, not show Vader. I feel like that's kind of like their demeanor. What, do, am I, do I think they needed to show Vader? Yes and no. I think a lot of hardcore fans who love Darth Vader, who's who's rightfully so one of the, or if not the most iconic movie cinematic villain ever, you cannot, if you have a chance to show him, you're going to show him, and especially in, in, in action. So to me, it's, it's, it's great. I think it's great for Darth Vader. Saf, what's your, what's your take on the Vader thing? Yeah, I agree. I think it would have been really weird to have Rogue One without Vader appearing at least once in it, because at some point these movies are going to have to start moving away from, you know, this timeline and this, this kind of, these characters, um, if they keep making the Star Wars movies. And so it'll be good to get Vader in there while they still can. And especially while they still have James Earl Jones to do the voice, which they've confirmed is going to be happening. Um, it's yeah. gonna, it would be weird having a Vader that wasn't him. 85 yeah. years old. 85 years old. My goodness. I love That'll be awesome Jones. having him back, though. <sighs> and having he was, him back with yeah. like full awareness of what Vader was in the prequels, I, I feel like it would be really interesting if they did something even really brief in dialogue, just like Vader... I want to get a little more into how he feels about all this. Something about his loyalty to Palpatine. We know he's going to be in a sort of rivalry with the director, Orson Krennic, who is Ben Mendelsohn's character. So something about an insight into why Vader is loyal to the Emperor. And we've seen these kind of rivalries before, but not on the big screen like this. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if... Maybe Krennic's character, which is Ben Mendelsohn's character, which I'm really excited about. I mean, his character is wearing the all-white uniform, which signifies a high, is it high up military? Am I wrong on this? Uh, uh, ISB, I think Imperial Security Bureau. And and that is what now for people who are you know following along with us, that is also what um, what's his name? Oh my gosh, I said his name a second Callus. ago. The guy with the sideburns. Callus. How can I get you? <laughs> no, but if you're following along in Rebels, um, Callus is part of the ISB. So it sounds, and Callus is just a, a, a low man on the totem pole kind of thing. Like he's kind of a, you know, he's, he's not a stormtrooper, obviously. He's kind of, he's above that. But ISB is obviously high ranking people. And it sounds like this guy is the head of it. So this guy would be Callus's boss, essentially. So. Um, for those who watch Rebels, so it's interesting to see what's going to happen with him and what if how is are the Death Troopers that we saw in the trailer are they are they specifically under his command only are they only under the ISB banner are they um under you know do they do they take orders from Vader at this point because you got to remember at this point in time Tarkin is essentially under the Emperor like as the second in command, not Darth Vader. And that's what the Darth Vader comic is kind of its job is to show how Vader gets back into the the good graces of the emperor one and two, to have everyone fear him in the empire. Cause right now, from what I understand in at this part of the canon, people they fear Vader, but he's more of a mystery. They don't really know a lot about him. And the, those who do know, know him do fear him, but he's not like a well-known, like, you know, official yet. It's all the the moths and things like that. So I wonder if, you know, if uh, oh my gosh, Mendelssohn's character is a, is a generic. What's his name? Krennic. Uh, uh, Krennic. 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 
Um, <laughs> Krennic. Uh, as long as Krennic is like, I'm wondering if he's going to be like uh, the mean Darth Vader, kind of like how uh, Admiral is an Ozzel uh, or Monty, excuse me, Admiral Monty. Uh, the guy Vader chokes in the Death Star kind of doesn't give a crap about Darth Vader. And I wonder if Krennic's going to be the same way. So this is kind of an interesting idea to think about. Yeah, and there's um, sort of that, I think the fact that you brought up the Tarkin relationship is really significant because we saw that Tarkin could command Vader in A New Hope. And that's something that I think people tend to forget, that Vader was not the be-all and end-all of the Empire. He was sort of the force-using mystic branch of it, and there were these Imperials above him. And it seems like Krennic is going to be an early one of them. Rumors were swirling around about this, but it has been confirmed that um, Mads Mikkelsen is playing Galen Erso, who is a scientist and Jin's father. And I I like this. I don't have any, like, particularly... Um, I don't have any particular attachment to the idea of him being uh, on the Empire side or something, but I'm I like sure that it's a like family story. On the Empire particularly? Yeah, well it there's... It seems like maybe he like left them, and maybe he's like kind of, because he realized what, <laughs> what the Death Star actually was, he was like, whoa, I never would have realized the Death Star was a bad thing. And then like, you know, he leaves with some important knowledge and um, the Empire's trying to track him down, but you know, the Rebellion is too, because he knows how to take out the Death Star. I think it was Bria from Tashi Station who pointed out that um, he's the Kwai Zooks of this of this universe. Where Kwai Excuse Zooks me, was Genzuntite. Zooks. No, yeah, she was a scientist who built the Death Star, made a lot of the plans for the Death Star, and she uh, didn't know what she was doing. She thought she was building a mining facility, this and correct legends. That, yeah, from legends. Okay. Um, so this is like he's the new the new version of that maybe. It sounds like it. I mean, I, it's interesting they're going the family angle again, even if it's on a smaller level with these different characters. Um, I, I think that it, wait. It so wait, 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 wait. Is this Ray's grandfather? Stop it! <laughs> I'm no, sorry. I'm so Stop sorry. Stop it, Sap. Stop <laughs> it. There's. <laughs> Look, I thought very briefly about whether the timeline would work out, and then I stopped. Derailed. Derailed. <laughs> but, but seriously, though, I mean, I, it'll, it would make sense, though, for him, or in, especially in the EU uh, person you were talking about, Gagzooks, is that her name? Uh, Q-W-I-X-U-S. I'm jo- it's I'm very easy. <laughs> well, not for me. I'm a simple tonight. No, it's not. No, it's not at all. That was um, lots of sarcasm. <laughs> No, so, so listen, like, the thing is, it only makes sense for him to be r- regretful of making the Death Star, because it does, you probably think you're making, like, some technological advance in your galaxy, like, oh, man, this is going to be for planets or people who can't stay on these planets because they might be, you know, for whatever reason, right? I'm sure the Empire gave him some reason, like, oh, it's a station for the to protect the galaxies, right? Now it's like, oh, crap, what did I do? So it only makes sense that... He would be regretful of that because he realized, oh, man. And he'd be also would make sense that he'd be the one giving them the Death Star orders or plans or and, and how to destroy it because, he, you know, it, just, it, it makes sense to me as from a story standpoint. So uh, I'm I'm wondering how much he's in this film. It's, it, he, I know he's part of the reshoots that, that went on. 
Um, but I'm just kind of wondering what, how much he's in it. Like, I don't foresee him being in it very much, to be honest. Like, I, I almost think like, or how about this? Is he going to be in the Empire still by the time they go into uh, retrieve the plans, or will he? Has he already defected? Like he's I he's wonder, away. I wonder that, and I wonder it partially because my question is: Is he going to be even alive at this point in the movie? Like I know mm-hmm. he's he's present in the movie, but there could be a lot of flashbacks. Is it could be his death is going to motivate Jin, or trying to get him back is going to motivate Jin? He's going to grab a lightsaber and have a weird flashback, and it's going to go nuts. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's going to walk down to the castle. He's going to hear his little girl scream. He's going to grab a lightsaber. He's going to hear things like the Emperor being like, Bleh! you know, all that good stuff. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm excited. Malcanada has seen a lot of things. She might have seen that. We don't know. <laughs> Should we so, move on to Saw Gerrera? Yeah, yes. sure, sure. So my um, question is this, I, and I need—I already know what I think, but I need to know what you guys think because I because uh, and I know you're not the biggest Clone Wars fan, Megan, right? That's correct. So I'm curious what you think of this. I think that I have to be resigned to the fact that the Clone Wars is being woven into the rest of the story. Um. It was very popular. I picked it apart. And that is not necessarily the correct way to watch something, trying to pick it apart so much. But at the same time, I'm not attached to these characters very much. I I think that um, Saw Gerrera was involved in a story that was one of the more politically complex in the Clone Wars, but also had its main female character die at the end also had a very silly love triangle and because of those things I'm not super attached to the Onderon arc I like so having said that and having with sort of this this understanding that okay it's they're providing more Clone Wars material for the people that want it they're not gonna that's not going away um I think that's interesting purely to see characters move from um, animation to live action because there are plenty of characters I'd love to see get that treatment. And the fact that this is a person of color that gets this role, the fact that it is a role that makes sense with the rebellion because Guerrera, the Guerreras were involved in a rebellion on Onderon, I, I think all of those things are good. That's my answer after a lot of consideration. <laughs> what, what do you think? Go for it, Seth. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> I I really like this, but I'm also kind of torn because I like the Onderon episodes because Steel is really cool and it's good character Word. for Ahsoka. But I also hate the Onderon episodes because killing Steeler was so typical of what mm-hmm. the Clone Wars constantly does. So many arcs bring in female characters just to kill them at the end. I that the reason why you Wars. don't like it? That's why, like I, like I said, I love the Onderon arc. I hate the Onderon arc as well. Oh, okay, reasons. all right. Okay, um, so you do, so you don't hate hate it. You just hate the very end of it. I hate the themes that it brings along with that. Um, okay, fair enough. Fair because enough. like it it was it was really unnecessary to kill her in my opinion, and also they could have just killed Saw instead and had the exact same effect, and then made Steeler the rebel leader in my opinion, and that would have been really cool to do. 
Um, and so, like, I saw the news of St- Saw, and I saw, like, they're like, it could have been Steeler. But also, um, there's been, yeah. like, there's been stuff that's come out that's made it clear that Saw was originally a character designed for Star Wars Underworld, the, um, the live-action TV show that never happened, um, and that his character has existed, like, just around for ages. And so him existing in a live-action thing, like him coming into this film, makes a lot of sense from that point of view as well. They've been wanting this for ages, and that he's kind of... He was originally created for live action and then was brought into the Clone Wars as a character. Um, and so I can kind of see why that happened. And so I'm sort of like resigned to development doing what it does. Um, <laughs> but I'm also sort of like, Steeler was so much cooler than Saw. He was just kind of like this dude. Um, but I, I am really keen. <laughs> like, I'm really excited about the fact they're using a Clone Wars character in in the movies, especially, you know, yeah, one who's like a, a person of color. Um, and yeah. it it's setting an interesting precedent the fact that like i didn't expect anything from the cartoons to end up or any of the characters from the cartoons to end up in the movies i expected movie related stuff to then filter back into the cartoons but not for it to go the other way around and saw is kind of in the perfect place for that because he's in one arc and he isn't an important character to the overall clone wars story and so people watching the movie rogue one as casual viewers who don't really care about anything else in the universe except for the movies can watch it and they'll be like oh this guy's cool and it doesn't matter that they haven't seen the tv sh- the tv show it doesn't matter that they don't know who the guerreras were or anything about Onderon in particular and that's cool but for people who watch the clone wars and love the clone wars they can watch rogue one and they see saw and they're like whoa this is amazing he's from the clone wars if they even remember him because a lot of people even don't remember him in the first place and i think he's the perfect <laughs> kind of character to bring into the movies because bringing someone who was like a main character. So like bringing someone who's like Ezra or Ahsoka would be way harder because casual fans can't just come in and enjoy this character as they are. They've got to deal with all of the baggage that character is bringing with them. Mm-hmm. Bringing in like a random side character like this works really well because they don't have to watch anything else. They don't have to read anything else. If they want to, they can, and they've got their option, but they don't have to. And yeah, I like that. I like the choice of character they made and... I'm I'm finding it really interesting about the fact that now everyone's talking about that, like they've brought in a cartoon character. Will it happen again? Will Rebels be introducing someone? And I'm wondering even if Rebels will bring Saw in at some point now to link across both the movie and, mm. and the Clone Wars. And apparently there were talks of him being in Rebels um, initially, the rumors of it at least, but they've kind of died down now, so it's not possible. Like it's not particularly clear whether or not he will turn up in it. But it would make sense <laughs> if he did, and I think that would be really cool. So, it, it's funny because I, I I love the Onderon arc, but it's also I'm a little biased because I also love the Onderon planet from the Tales of the Jedi comic books that the EU Legends universe had. Um, that's when it was first created. So, one of my favorite Star Wars stories ever is the Beast Wars of Onderon, and I love that. And the fact that George Lucas and Dave Filoni wanted to make that canon was a big deal for me because obviously. You know, that's, you know, George was, you know, a huge part of the Clone Wars and he wanted to kind of incorporate that. And he liked that planet so much they wanted to incorporate that into, into the canon universe. So that was a big deal for me. Uh, it's funny because I, I vaguely remember their, those characters just because, um, I don't know. Like I, I remember, to be honest, and I'm, I'm being serious. I have I had no idea. I remember Saw Gerrera, but I couldn't remember Steela's name for the life of me. But I remember, because I think the reason I, I remember Saw's name, I thought his name was Saul, like S A U L, not S A W. So I'm like Saul Gerrera, but no, that, that was way. Up. But I got the gist of it. So I actually remember that character's name. But I think you're right, though, Saf, in the cartoon. 
which I love the way you say cartoon with your accent, by the way. Um, but uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just cute. It's just cute. I'm just going to say that. Just, I, just, I kept smiling when you said cartoon. Um, anyway, <laughs> it was just funny because I agree with you, though, because Stila, you could have had her survive and saw die or even uh, Lux. They Either one of those three could have died. <laughs> it, 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 no, no, Lux, he... I mean, I think the reason he didn't die was you needed to have Ahsoka to be somewhat in a, in a decent emotional state. Yeah, now, and I also think they were if, planning on using him more later on if um, the series had continued. True. Yeah, and I think that that's an excellent point, actually. And we don't know he might show up in an, the Ahsoka novel in a, in a couple months, so you, we don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think that it's it's interesting. They're using this character. Uh, I'm really intrigued what they're going to do with this character. Uh, so... I don't know. I, I, I'm really excited about it. I think it's cool that they're doing this. I, I do disagree a little bit that you they could put an, a, an Ezra character like in the in a film and have it be come without baggage. It does come with baggage, but it's all about how the writers in the movie frames the past and how they set up the person. You know, like you. It, I think if a general audience can sit down and watch a movie about any character, as long as they do a good job of explaining who the character is, whether it be in dialogue or how they act and how their mannerisms are and the situations they're put into uh, and those things that are done in a, in a good way of getting the gist of the character, that's all that really matters. I think I think you can get by with that stuff because I think a lot of people – will see movie sequels and, and not see the first one or barely remember what happened in the first one. And they get the gist of it by, you know, the dialogue or, or whatever. So I think that that's still, I think I would like to see that happen more. And I think it, I think it's definitely a possibility. We're going to get that eventually, maybe not right now in the canon because we have the, obviously episode seven, eight, nine and all these other films going on. But I think down the line, you could see a character transcend cartoon novel and film within like you know five year radius of, as far as like you know the same time frame so you might see him in a, as a cartoon character and in the film i mean we still can i mean like you said we still might see saw in rebels this season i mean for oh, what yeah. it sounds it's like also it's worth noting that um saw like guerrero got mentioned in bloodline as well like his his rebel true was mentioned in bloodline so there was because i remember seeing that and being like there must be a reason that they've used the like use that um like maybe it'll turn up in a comic or something didn't expect it to be a movie yeah yeah i, I i'm curious what we'll, what we'll get in rebels this season i know i've been very critical of rebels and I'm, i want i'm wondering if if they're gonna try hard to tie into rogue one with this rebel with with this season of rebels and if he just does show up and what does that mean and you know and things like that so i'm curious i'm really excited about forrest Whitaker's character I think it's very, it's pretty plausible for him to show up in Rebels because one of the strengths of this is that you'll get more people watching the movie than you'll get watching the cartoon. And now we've all said cartoon, so we're all even now. <laughs> um, you'll get more people. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> who are um, who are looking to find more about this character, and they're watching them out of chronological order, but in sort of trickling down from the movies to the animated shows to, oh, I want to buy the action figure. And that makes a lot of franchise sense. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that this will be interesting. I, I, I have to think that, you know, 
who knows if Saul was actually in the you know original character the entire time in Rogue One or you know we we don't know, and I'm just kind of I'm just curious of you know how what what if this does mean they'll incorporate more characters into you know from the from the cartoons into the films and stuff like that. So I don't know. I think eventually. You're gonna see, like I said, I'll, I don't want to repeat myself again, but I really do think we're gonna find, and, and once this new trilogy is over, we'll find they might incorporate something where fans can see a character in the comics, in the films that's like not like a retelling, you know, it's like different stories, like a, like a, you know, different a different character to kind of go with and see in, in different in different series and whatnot, but but not be like always the the same type of medium, whether it be film, comic or book or, or whatever, and have it all be different stories. And so two things about that, and then we'll go on to other characters, I think. But um, I think it's significant that Saw Gerrera was created in his initial embryonic form by George Lucas, because George Lucas had the hand in a lot of characters in the Clone Wars, but one that he definitely sort of, started working on the kernel of is Ahsoka and we know Ahsoka is a fan favorite as well. And secondly, um, I forgot the second thing. Please (laughs) tell me more about (laughs) what other characters are you looking forward to? And I'll try to remember my second thing. I'm excited for, um, Donnie Yen's character, Turret. Oh Oh my God. I'm so excited for him. I'm really curious because they're really vague about the force stuff. So like, I can't tell oh. if they're saying he's got force sensitivity in some form and he uses it, or if he's just like a dude who follows the Jedi way and is also a really cool martial artist. And you know, the same way that kind of martial arts movies are like that they learn the martial art and then they're they're really good at everything, including being able to see yeah. without being able to see. Kind of like Daredevil a little bit. But like, are oh, they gonna yeah. are they gonna Where give him they... force sensitivity or not? That's what I really want to know because I'd love it if they didn't. And he was like. An initial kind of person, you know, yeah. like Church of the Force or something. Yeah, I'm... that's where because I was thinking that earlier, and like him as like Lor Santeca, someone from the Church of the Force. I really want that now because I lo- just like that idea that even if you're not if, if you're not Force sensitive, you can get some kind of benefit from it. And like he looks really awesome, so it helps him to be awesome. Also, what I was going to say earlier was a character that has gone between a lot of mediums so far, but has not appeared in a movie, Ray Sloan. Yeah. Oh, boy. She hasn't showed up <laughs> in Rebels or anything yet, so we'll see if she shows up there. She might. She yes. might. She might. Well, because remember, she was in A New Dawn, so she would have. T- she has ties to those Rebels characters, so it only makes sense. She's be, so tied cool. to Kanan. She was in the comics, too. Yeah, and it's oh, interesting that we bring her into the comic as well with Kanan. Like, it seems like yeah. there's the definite, uh, definite potential that they will bring her into Rebels in the next season or something. Interesting. Interesting. So, about about our favorite Chirrut character, like, he's the person I'm probably even more excited than Saw Gerrera, like, to learn about. Like, to kind of echo what, what Saf said, what exactly is his deal? Because they've been very vague about it. It's uh, I think, to me, it's obvious he's Force-sensitive. He's Force-sensitive because... He he's he follows the force. He believes in the force, and he's blind. So how is a, a blind warrior with force? It's just kind of it's just there's too many there's too many coincidences in that. So there's been a lot less obvious like signs of the force in this new in this new stuff in the new trilogy as well. But like 
People are asking, is Maz Kanata really Force-sensitive? Is Finn really Force-sensitive? Because we don't have, like, the Jedi Order, the idea of people that are like, maybe? It's very new to me, and that that's strange to me, because I'm used to a distinction. Like, either you know you're Force-sensitive or you're not. And But I think there's a lot of good things in this idea of, well, maybe everybody's a little Force-sensitive or different people see it in different ways. I don't necessarily agree with the, like, everyone is a little bit Force-sensitive thing, but I think it can be useful when looking at characters like Chirrut, who we don't really know what he does. But it would make sense, though, to have someone who's still in tune with the Force that's, like, not a Jedi. I mean, they've already kind of established that with Maz Kanata's character, that she's like, I know the Force, you know, but she does, but I'm no Jedi. You know, it's just, like, that whole convenient thing. I mean, I think that it's not like it's going to be a overwhelming thing for the whole, um, what's the word? It's not going to be an overwhelming thing for the whole uh, overall story arc, but I think for his specific character he'll be blind and that's how they explain it. He can do all these amazing things that I can see through the force or, or whatever. Well, I so, mean, it doesn't ever, like, it says that he overcomes his blindness, but it doesn't, like, and becomes a formidable warrior. It doesn't necessarily say he can see. It just says that he overcomes his blindness and becomes a formidable warrior. It's basically exactly. saying he got over that hurdle and still managed to be awesome. Like, it doesn't state <laughs> that he can see through the force or anything. So we don't actually know if... Just because he has his spirituality and everything doesn't mean he's going to be like this cool force guy who's like, oh, I can see. Okay. What do your elf I see? Chirrut kind of thing. Um, <laughs> well, so I'm going to go, go on record right now. I'm going to say he can see through the force. That's how the, I, you can quote me on it today. <laughs> I will bet you so. I'm going to say that he can, he can navigate by the force, but that does not have any equivalent in terms of visual senses. Okay, all right, excuse me. He can't actually see, like, I'm not, that's what I mean. Like, he can't, like, his okay, eyes look, I wasn't sure. You said see. The Force can do he, many things. I mean, like, but look, Kanan, he was able to see, um, you know, what's his name? Darth Maul, blind. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, but and, that's still, like, that could entirely be different. But but I don't think it's that different. They're both, they, they cannot see. They Their eyes are gone. So... He's I don't know. The I, I just I want to mm, see. That's interesting. I really want to see like a blind person or someone with a disability get through Star Wars without the Force being like, "Oh, I can fix you." Like I want them to. It. I want it to be him being able to do it on his own kind of thing. And so, like, if it if it is the Force, like even then he's got it. Like I I don't want to be easily Force sensitive in the same way Jedi is. I want him to even if he does have it like in some small way. I want it to have been his perseverance and training and everything. That's the how he gets how he can overcome that hurdle of being blind and still be part of this rebel band and be an awesome kick-ass warrior. And that, that's what I want to see. So even if he is Force-sensitive, like, that's that's fine, I guess. But I don't want to be like, oh, he got the Force and everything was fine. Well, obviously he's not fine. He's still blind. He can't see. But, I mean, okay, for instance, you can't, like, Daredevil and his mentor, Stick, I'm going to get a comic book nerd on us here for a second. Like, Stick... I, I, he's actually like, I don't think he has any superpowers. I think he just is like mastered his blindness, kind of like what, maybe what they're insinuating. But with Daredevil, he has like radiation through his eyes and he has all his senses, all, you know, his radar sets, right? That's how he overcomes his blindness. So 
we look at Stick. Stick is totally blind, but he uses mysticism to like kind of. But that's basically what he does. It's like mysticism or whatever that he's using ninja mysticism to see through and defeat his enemies. Well, would be that that the replacement for Donnie Yen's character be the Force? So that's what I'm kind of trying to get at. It's like you can't be blind and be a formidable warrior without having some kind of like help, you know. So it's either the Force or he's got mechanical eyes. I mean, that's just what I, I'm going with. I mean, or his sense is like not quite. It it's not an equivalent to sight, but it is navigation. Yes. I'm, I'm no, stuck. I on mean, that. okay, okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna argue with you there real quickly. Um, blind people can be good at fighting in real life. Like that is something that exists in the real world. So they don't oh, need a special sure. power to be well, like. Uh, okay. Sure. Okay. So, but I mean, like, if you're avoiding laser beams and things like that, I mean, I don't know. That's it, to be it, fair. It, uh, avoiding laser beams is very, very difficult for sighted people as well. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. Exactly. So I, I don't know. I just for me to have it to be a, a formidable warrior, a guy who's going in to like take Death Star plans. Not saying blind people can't fight or in real life because I'm sure that I'm sure they can beat me up. Uh, you know. But the thing is. For me to believe that, I think the force has to be involved, whether it be like like seeing navigation, same difference. It's something like that where the force is guiding him, his movements, his, you know, to dodge this way and that way. So that's that's just, we'll see. That's a bet we'll take. And if I lose, I will gladly say, Saf, you were right. <laughs> we're totally going to yeah. forget about this bet, though. We will not. I will not forget about this bet. <laughs> no, because... No, because Chira is going to be the fan favorite, I hope, because he's the most important. Him and Baze, I'm already just, like, having feelings about them, so. Baze Space Beasties. They've been through so much together, and they work together really well, and Baze is kind of confused, but he goes along with it anyway, and I like that. Yeah, I love I that he's the- like, I don't I don't believe in this full stuff and I think it's stupid, but you're my best friend and I'm gonna stick with you. Like that's that's cute. I I dig it. Yeah. I got the impression that they just met. Is that am I wrong on this? Really? I, that's what no. I read. No. I I thought they'd been traveling together for quite a while. Like it says he's devoted to protecting his friend Chirrut at all costs, and Baze goes along with the force business because it's what his friend deeply believes. And that's what Kennedy said, and I think that kind of means that they've known each other for quite a while, at least. Okay. I, I, I thought I read that somewhere, but maybe I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, Bay seems tight. I, I'm down with I'm down with Bay. He looks like he's a, a BA, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm really into the droid. I can't wait to get my hands on an action figure of uh, K2 K2 S zero. Is that or K2 you know or is it, is, is, it, is it oh yeah I'm sorry so, yeah. My fault, my fault. So K2SO, or zero. See, I'm going to start saying that now. It's forever. C3PO, so it must be SO. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, wait, you're no, right. that's K2 is the important part, I think. <laughs> well, either, irregardless, his name's K2. He seems yeah. sweet. And I'm really excited that Alan Tudyk is, is voicing his character. Um, I'm, I'm a Firefly Serenity fan, so I'm very excited to see what the this character does and and i don't know and, and what the actor brings to it it sounds like he's gonna be a very sarcastic kind of i don't want to say no nonsense but it's kind of get that impression he's gonna be a little bit no nonsense 
I don't know. I, I think I dig the design. I think the reason I dig the design is it's not like a tra- it's not like a revamped droid where it's like let's make this guy all crazy looking and he seems very just n- normal for what I would see in the Star Wars universe at that time. He seems very. It's almost he's very basic in the best way possible. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I I agree because part of what my th- I thought about this design was that it it is pretty basic. It's not bad it's just not extraordinary but then he looks kind of like a droid who's like any extraneous parts would have been chopped off because he's been in the war Saf anything regarding K2 um he looks cool no I'm kind of like I'm, I'm still just like dude droid okay what ifs yeah what? you know what I'm is like he really a dude, though? is he really a dude yes because is they constantly the- gender him within like the the article and also because they would like they got Alan Tudyk. Like it, it, t- Tudyk. How do you say his name? Tudyk. I, I call Tudyk. him Alan Tudyk. <laughs> what a name. Th- um. <laughs> Wait, maybe I'm wrong. I could be way wrong. I'm not. I'm the last person that should be announced. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I. I like. I'm excited for the droid, but also like it's kind of the whole. It seems like they're trying to do the whole like. Oh, it's a whole new kind of droid personality. Um. But he just reminds me kind of like of a less. A less psychotic HK forty seven or whatever his name is from um, the Old Republic, the game. Um, oh yeah, Republic. HK, the second yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. so I'm all like, I'm just kind of expecting one of those, just like less, a bit chiller, like a chiller HK droid. Um, and so I'm curious to see what they'll do with it, but I don't know. I have no strong feelings on him. You hate droids. I don't hate droids. You know how much I love um, PZ. That's her name. That's one droid. Hey, I well, love I like, you multiple have, droids. You have an extreme pro droid bias as well. I love. I I I, I, love I do love droids. Robots and droids <laughs> and stuff and like everything. I don't know why, but Star Wars just. I think because of how insistently it does tend to gender a lot of its droids. Like it, like it's got Artu and he's like a little he's a little blob. You're like, oh, it's a dude, obviously. And I'm like, is it? Um, but then, like in in like the TV show, like in in the Clone Wars and like stuff, like whenever they've got ladies, they've got like cones on their chests and stuff. And I'm like, can you chill? <laughs> like that's why I love Peasy so much because she's like really cool looking, and she's she she helps Leia and she writes Leia's biography. And I'm like, she's cool. I like her. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> they cones so, on their they do. <laughs> There was that one pink droid in the episode with all the droids, and it was like the one female-coded droid was pink, and yeah, yeah, that happened. Um, We've talked a little bit about this already, but speaking of which characters we do and do not care about, um, what sort of EU spin-offs would you be interested in seeing about Rogue One comics? novels we know there's a novel coming out in october called catalyst we don't really know what it's about yet my first thought is i want to know the backstory of uh chira and bays i guess so you could do really interesting things in a comic with that with you could you could explore how exactly he sees you know put um even I'm thinking you could even like put a comic in Braille, but that's really ambitious. Or uh, or navigates the force. You can talk about how he navigates the force, right? Well, <laughs> he navigates. Okay, <laughs> leave him alone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So what uh, what kind of uh, expanded universe stuff do you think we we could get out of this, or would you want to get out of this? 
Well, for me, I, I would want, and I said this on Twitter, like the day that they announced Saw Gerrera, I want either a comic or a novel about how, you know, his past was going since the Andron arc in Clone Wars and where he, why he's at where he's at and where exactly he's fighting and, and why he's fighting. And if he's a part of the rebel Alliance in, you know, does he, is he, is he part of like the, the whole greater rebel Alliance? Is he just like an offshoot of it? Like the other rebel characters, if he is, why is that, et cetera, et cetera. I just think he becomes, his backstory becomes very fascinating for me because of where he comes from and being a clone Wars veteran. Um, it seems like there's not a lot of Clone Wars veterans in the in the Rebel Alliance, it seems like. I mean, we got Rex and a few other people, but by the time they get to Endor, and then, again, that's what I mean by the Rebel Alliance, not just the Rebels from A New Hope, but the Alliance, um, it seems like there's not really very many Clone Wars people who actually fought. Like, not like, like Admiral Akbar. you look at, he fought, you know, he was alive and he, and he did battles in the Clone Wars, but... I guess, yeah, no, I take it back. He, he didn't fight in the Clone Wars. So he, he he's a Clone Wars veteran. So he's like one person. Who else, you know, was fought during that time? We don't I mean, know. It's, it's so, harder for the Clone Wars because a lot of the fighting in the Clone Wars was just done through clones and droids. And a lot of the clones either got decommissioned or brought into the Empire or they just kind of left. I was going to say, we got, got Rex. Yeah. And like, we've seen, yeah, and we've seen like clones um, in the EU or, in, yeah, in the EU um, on the Imperial side. But yeah, it is a bit harder for the Rebellion because like, you've got characters like Saw who were on the certain planets and stuff, but. Um, I think also a lot of those planets, as soon as the Empire took over, they probably came in and just like killed all of those people straight up because they knew they were going to cause Even trouble. that's a storytelling opportunity in a way. Yeah, that would be really interesting, actually. <laughs> Even if it was the last stand of, of some Clone Wars fighter. Yeah, I'd be into that. Saf, is there any character you'd want to see a backstory be told? Um... I I don't know. I would like to see Jin's mother. Yeah. I want to see Jin's mother. No, um I would actually Stop like to see it. that. Raise I know, grandma? like I really I yeah, really grandma. Say I'm curious. I, I mentioned it because I thought you would mention it, but also I'm curious. Yeah, I, I like on one hand I would like to see that story, but on the other hand I just kinda know where that's gonna go. Like it's Star Wars and the father is there, and the daughter is there, and they're both not near each other, and bad stuff is happening. I'm so like, the mother is going to die in a bad way, probably. Um, and it was probably it would probably be Galen's fault. I'm I'm guessing. I'm making an educated guess that it's Galen's fault that the Urso mother is dead. Um, and so I'm so like, eh, I don't know if I actually want to see that story. But if she's like a really cool lady and like has a good story, that would be really cool to see. And I'd like to see, like, um. Jin's backstory a bit, which I assume we'll probably get in the movie. Um, I think of all of them, Chirrut would probably be the one I'd want the most in, um, the in like a comic or a book or something. Like I'd love, I just want a book about some of these characters or something, like a military esque book, kind of in the same style as Twilight Company, because I just love Twilight <laughs> Company. Really, really, guys, yeah, who should write that book? <laughs> I wonder who I would want to write that book. Maybe the same guy who wrote Twilight Company. We're gonna. We'll mention it once per episode. It's part of the plan now. Yeah, I <laughs> love Alex. Ray. Seriously. Yeah. You guys read about this story in this era would fit really well. Yeah, definitely. You guys, you guys love that book. I'm gonna. We're gonna review it for this this podcast at some point. But 
if I'm going to think about, you know, characters or, or, and writers and artists, I mean, if I'm going back to Marvel Comics, and, and again, I'm a big comic book guy, so I'm thinking I would love to see, um, again, Marvel's best talent tackle this stuff. So I would say Mike Diodato, who, who uh, actually drew uh, Vader down, which is fan, oh, was was his work. Art. Oh, God, Mike Diodato is amazing. He has a, a run with uh, Warren Ellis, who's a famous uh, comic writer on Thunderbolts um, from like 2008. Um, and it's just, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant work, actually. Um, it's it has it's way more brilliant than it has any right to really be, you know? And the work, their work together is, um, is incredible. And yeah, Vader's Vader Down stuff was just, it's just another extension of that. It's just fantastic work. So I would love to get that kind of feel because I think he can pretty much draw anything. So if there's not like big bombastic explosions, he gets really tense uh, pacing and drama with his paneling. So I really like that. Um, I think Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It would be fantastic to work in, in something. I, I would be. I would love a Saw Guerrero, Mike Diodato, uh, drawn comic. As a writer, I mean, mm. I'm always going to go with writers like Greg Rucka, who's a comic book veteran, who just writes fantastic work and everything, whether it be novel or a comic. I'm really impressed with them. Never was a huge Rucka person, not because I didn't like him. I just never read much of his stuff before Star Wars, actually, in the last couple of years. Um, he's more of a DC guy. I'm more of a Marvel guy, and then he came over for Marvel, did some Punisher stuff that was all right. But you know, I've heard great things through my friends like John Beerley, who rave and rave and rave about his Wonder Woman arc, and then all of a sudden I read his stuff for Star Wars. I'm like, this guy is the shiz. So uh, I think I want him, Greg Rucka, to be exclusive on Star Wars projects for for, for special Star Wars projects with film tie-ins. He's so good at it. So those would be my two uh, combinations. Cool. So that actually leads us nicely right into the next thing that we're going to talk about, which is Star Wars and the main the main Marvel series. Um, anything else you want to add about Rogue One real quick? I know there's going to be more news coming out. Check out EW for lots and lots of pictures, which we didn't really touch on. Anything else? I mean, I'm I excited just, for celebration. Yeah. That's I just it. hope Galen actually wears that, that plaid shirt in the movie. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> That's all I, I want. Was like, I was trying to picture him as the character, but I was just like, all right, plaid shirt, dad, lumberjack this dad. is fine this way. <laughs> You guys are weird. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm not caught up on the main Star Wars series. I dropped off around the time they went to the Ge- to Geonosis and found the robot Geonosians. 
which I thought were kind of cool, but then there was like, then it got kind of weird and I just dropped out. Um, That's Darth um, Vader. I know that. What? That's Darth Vader, not Star Wars. Wasn't there a crossover around that time? No, I think that was like the early, maybe I'm forgetting something. That's the early issues of uh, Uh. Darth Vader. No, then I'm way off. All right, so Paul, take it away because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, I, I could be wrong. Maybe I I missed something. But um, well, Saf and I we we were caught up on the Star Wars uh, main series. It sounds like um, so recently they had an arc um with uh, Jason Aaron, who's been still writing the comics since issue one. Who's I I feel and I don't know about you guys and, and Saf, you read you're kind of caught up with me. If you think this, but I think Jason Aaron's done a, done a pretty damn good job, to be honest. Has it been an amazing job? Eh, it would be amazing, I would say. I think it's been solid to to great, yes. at, and solid to the very least. But great, well, the high points are at least great. So um, I don't know. Rebel Jail, which is basically um, they have Doctor Afra, who's from the dark the Darth Vader series. Uh, they're in. There's like an, a, a situation jail the rebels have, which I never really thought about. But it it kind of was kind of cool to think about. Oh man, the rebels have their own jail. That's like right. It's like located right by the sun. So it's this floating space uh, station that's right by the sun, and they take all their worst prisoners there, and they take Doctor Afra there, and essentially they get raided by this unknown character, which gets revealed later on. Uh, which I don't know if we should spoil it or not, Saf. I don't know. Um, it's a character we've seen in the comics before. Yes, which which I'll be honest, I don't, I, I'm I'm a simpleton. I had no idea who it was, and I felt very embarrassed. I that had everyone was to like, "Go read the cop," like because it has a little. It tells you when his, when his like he gets revealed. It has a little little note that's like, "Oh, from this issue." And I was like, "I need to go read that comic because I don't remember this guy." <laughs> Yeah, I, re- I remember the, the story is great where I, where I read it, but it was funny because I, I saw people on there being like, we obviously know who this guy is. And I'm like, I don't know who it is. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure it out. I was like, I don't know. I don't know who this this is. And then when they revealed it, I was like, that explains why I couldn't figure it out because I don't remember that guy. Well, it, it, I just didn't know. They didn't reveal before they revealed his, who he was. I was like, you know, I, I that's where people have already had figured it out. I did. So basically what happens is they're on this rebel jail with Sana. Uh, I forgot her last name, but I, I just know her as Sana Solo because she came looking for Han Solo. So Han's ex-girlfriend or ex-flame or whatever, just Princess friends. Leia, Doctor Afra. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. They were together though. They, they were like a, an item. No, I never said they were an actual item. They just almost got married for a diversion. Uh, I, we'll have to reread it again. We'll have to. Go, we'll have to go revisit. <laughs> I just that. read I, those issues. <laughs> All right, I'll try. All right, you know what, Seth? I'll trust you. I'll trust you. Okay. Good. So, but it's what's interesting is you have it was actually cool because three, you have three female characters all like teaming up against these forces that are going on, and they raid the the jail not to free the prisoners but to kill them. So essentially, this guy is the Punisher for you know for Star Wars and in killing all these different characters and. I don't know about you, Seth. There was there were some in, you know there's lots of things in there I thought were were surprises, some insinuations that I was not expecting. I was like, whoa, uh, like Sana and Doctor Afra. Yeah, that's what actually got me to pick up the Star Wars issues again. Also, knowing that we we're going to talk about them on this podcast, but uh, one of my friends was talking <laughs> about that, and I was like, what? And she sent me a couple of the panels, and I was like, oh my god, I need to read this because it's awesome. 
Mm, I saw those channels in isolation, so I was definitely curious to see whether sort of what the context was. Was it was it what you wanted it to be, Seth? Was um, it like basically like telling you that Sana and Ephra had a thing at some point, and you can kind of pick pick up from um like what they say and stuff and context that um Ephra doesn't deal well with human relationships, and that she somehow backstabbed um, Sana, and Sana is not happy about it, and so they're not really in a good place right now. Yeah, and I I kind of appreciated the way Jason Aaron did that relationship because I felt there was there was definitely a past and you as and it wasn't like all revealed at once. You kind of learned it as you went, and I and I felt like it wasn't beating me over the head with it. You know, like I think a lot of people I know some people have t- I've talked to or read online or something have said like you know they're doing this for the sake of just doing it for diversity or whatever. I felt this was like really actually well played because I felt that it wasn't just a, a here's the whole backstory, bleh, you know, and just unload it. It was actually like a a gradual like you know they that she hates Afra, but then I was like oh crap like they were together that's you know it was it was a nice it's normal it was, honestly it was a normal like transition to where it would whether it be straight or whatever it was just nice to see that instead of like you know trying to proclaim it like look at this this is a a thing it was just a natural thing and i liked that a lot about that the reveal to be honest i feel um, like in that star wars has been doing that very well with like all of its lgbt characters is bringing in which has been a lot like it's in the it's in the like two digits of the amount of characters they have now, um, and they've <laughs> brought them all in like pretty pretty like pretty much like that. Like there'll be like casual throwaways to be like, oh, this character is two dads, or like the clones in <laughs> in Lando or whatever they are, <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, the man, gay cat them. aliens that I don't know what gay they are. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's been really cool seeing the kind of casual representation that the new Star Wars canon is bringing in in the same way that the old canon did not do at all and it's just been it's been really refreshing yeah you know so I think and I don't know about you Seth but I, I I just I really like where they're going with this series um Rebel Jail I don't, what it, even though it wasn't my favorite um, the art they, they just keep bringing the best art teams on this book I mean I don't know about you guys um Megan, please uh, chime in on this. The art on the regular Star Wars book has just been, I feel, for the most part, pretty damn good. We've had um, John Cassidy to Stuart Inman. I can't. I'm not saying. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, but that's Stuart something. I'll say Inman, whatever his name is. Um, there was. Um, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of blanking on the other people. Um, Mike Diodato, who did the Bitter Down series, he was part of that whole. He did the whole crossover though. Or, mo- or at least Star Wars. He did the Star Wars portion. And then now we have Lineal Yu, who is another fantastic artist. All very distinct styles bringing their flair to Star Wars. And I don't know about you guys, but as a comic book art, uh, lover, I know all those artists previously before. I'm curious, is there one particular art in that series that you've all read, whether you're, you've caught up or not, that you kind of clung to? Um, I really like... If I'm going to... Oh, sorry, Megan. If I'm going to mention anybody in Star Wars, I think it's Phil Noto who came to prominence very quickly. And he's done, he did the Chewbacca series, but he's also done a lot of covers. I like his stuff a lot. Um, Also, the person who started, who did the first, like, set of issues for the main Star Wars, and forgive me, I don't remember which name it was. 
That's it. Yeah, I believe it was it was that one. Um, Luke is a very hard character to draw, right? Like, his face is just very... A lot of artists don't get that Mark Hamill look, and I always liked how Luke was drawn in that series. Mm. Yeah, I really like the artist that did the art during, like, the Grecus the Hut arc. That's Stuart Inman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really like that art. Um, I think the artist after good. him I wasn't as fond of. I'm trying to think if it was um, – because that was Mike Diodato, I think, who did the Vader Down stuff. Because um, it wasn't Vader Down after that. Yeah. Lineal, there was someone Lineal, There was someone in there that did, like, some really weird – it was the, whoever does the weird, like – Obi-Wan. No, no, no. It was the Obi-Wan um, no. no. I don't know who – I might actually be thinking of the same person. I like some of their stuff and not the rest of it. Um, But basically, like, this this one artist has this style where, like, he'll he'll do the long panels and, like, have – they're like straight on, and like it's like a, it looks like you're looking at a platformer game, basically. And mm. sometimes when it's done with silhouettes, it looks really cool. And when it's not done with silhouettes, it looks really tacky. And mm. so, because um, I just remember this one very vividly, this one panel where like Luke, I think, is being chased by a bunch of stormtroopers, and it just looks really bad. And I was so <laughs> like, oh god! But the rest of it's really nice. So it's just that one thing, and I think it's just the artist just really likes that style. And so, like, mm. yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think Stuart Inman is is definitely the for me. He's he he's like his work was probably second best, I think, after Mike Diodato. But I think all the art has been pretty solid for the most part. Yeah. Um, but but I'm I'm curious if uh, did you guys read? I know Megan, you haven't gotten here yet, and we'll move on to the other books. But really quickly, have you read the Obi Wan comic that the one shot um, recently, Saf? Yeah, yeah, I read that. I, that might be my my favorite Star Wars comic. Wait, like, you mean Star five. Wars number twenty, right? Yeah, the one that yeah. well, the one that has um, black whatever his name is the <laughs> black. Uh, yeah. You know, which by the way, Kieran Gillian has even gone on to admit who created the character that he made his name too hard to pronounce. He doesn't even remember how to pronounce it. So <laughs> I just go it's so Star black. Wars. I love it. I know black. <laughs> I just I just do that. So no, that issue is. By drawn by Mike Mayhew, written by Jason Aaron, and I, I have to admit that this it was it's such a great issue. The art is fantastic. I, I love all the Obi Wan stories. I mean, it basically the, the Obi Wan stories are for people who don't are reading the series. They're just kind of there's been three so far in like the the twenty issues that have been put out so far, and basically they're just like bookends for like the, when the run ends, a Obi Wan comic kind of like bookends it. So they just started, they just ended Rebel Jail, and then they had the Obi-Wan comic. Now a new arc starts. And I, I feel this Obi-Wan comic was was great. It's like a one-shot. It's just basically Obi-Wan like overseeing Luke, and there's a couple threads from the other Obi-Wan issues that are happening. I think it's great. I think Jason Aaron needs to get a uh, Obi-Wan miniseries soon, because I think it's been fantastic work he's been putting out with, with that, so uh, yeah, I, I, it's probably my my top five favorite Star Wars comics. I love that issue. That was fantastic. What I have seen of that, and I've seen uh, panels without context, but it seems really good, the Obi-Wan interludes. Yeah, yes. I really appreciate it. What were you going to say? It's, it's a good chance to see... Um... Obi-Wan, you know, in an era we don't really tend to get to see him without it being like this long-running story that they have to worry about fitting it in with the rest of the universe. It's just a good chance to get like a little taste of Obi-Wan 
and then go back to Star Wars again. <laughs> and it's kind of cool in the way that we know it's Luke discovering Obi-Wan trying to look after him and kind of struggling with that because of, you know, Owen not really wanting him to do anything. But this comic was also kind of nice. Um, the, the second one was nice because it showed Owen, like, having faith in Obi-Wan, kind of. Not really faith, but, like, him being like, yeah, you did, you did good, kind of thing. It was nice. Because <laughs> you, see, hey, you wa- see Owen as this grumpy guy all the time, and it's nice to see him not as that. Yeah, I, I actually really like that, too. In fact, uh, the, the previous Obi-Wan issue um, where... Like basically, Owen Lars like goes to Obi Wan and like yells at or uh, and yells at him. I really got the. You don't really see Owen Lars loving Luke. You just you see and you know he loves Luke. But I felt Jason Aaron did an amazing job in the previous Obi Wan issue, just ex- exploring the fact that like he cares about this nephew. It's not just a a burden that he's like all a cringtorious guy. He's actually loves his nephew and he wants to do everything he can to protect him. And he doesn't want Obi-Wan there, not because he can, you know, to protect him because he doesn't want him there at all. So he doesn't, you know, he can, you know, he can just stay safe and, and, and live a long life. That's the way Owen Lars thinks. And in the best way to do that is to send all that Jedi crap away from him forever. And the, he just, he cares about him so much that he's willing to, you know, get in Obi-Wan's face. And I just love that about Owen's character. And I felt that, they did a good job portraying that because you don't really get that in the movie or in the prequels. It's just like, this is my girlfriend, me. And then, you know, it's just like grumpy Owen. You know, I really, it was nice to see a side of Owen that actually loved his, his nephew. And it was also interesting. I, I discovered, and again, I'm not taking credit for this. I listened to uh, Star Wars Beyond the Films and uh, Nathan P. Butler had mentioned that that the Obi-Wan's journal that these stories are coming from has actually been used before. I think it's in the radio drama. I think but that's what he said, or it's it, anyway, it's somewhere, something from there where Luke discovers the journal already. And so that's actually been already pre-established. So it's interesting. They're actually using that old, that old storytelling and going, okay, well, we're going to use this and like to explain like fun stories about Obi-Wan. So I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool that, that I, I discovered that with that with those comics. So uh, we talked enough about my my stuff. So uh, Megan, uh, no, you guys have been re- we all have been reading Han Solo and Poe Dameron. Which one do you want to tackle first? Yeah. So let's talk about Poe Dameron since it's finished. Um, since it finished we have the arc that's finished. The first three issues are like a, the first story arc is is finished. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um. The the arc with the egg, the egg is, arc. The yeah, egg that arc. is gonna be that's gonna be an ongoing, isn't it? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> so we are gonna, I think, talk about spoilers for this, um, because it has been out for a couple weeks, and because the ending is very interesting. Yeah. So this is um, the first part is called Black Squadron. And the latest issue came out in the beginning of June. So, yeah. Um, we're, I think we're okay to talk about spoilers yeah, for this. Um, spoilers. The major plot point was that Poe found this sort of cult in a cave that was guarding a giant egg. And the egg seem, is very mystical and, like, maybe it has something to do with the Force. And... We don't know why the cult is worshipping it. And so for, you know, for three issues, people were wondering what's in the egg. Like, is it technology? Is it, 
like a force sensitive plant? Is, is it, it just like thousands a, of tiny other a character? Yeah, <laughs> it could be. It could be <laughs> someone frozen in carbonite. You know, um, turns out it's literally an egg. It is an egg with two animals in it. And while there is some sort of mystical aspect to them a little bit, I was just like looking at this page going, of course it's an egg. We've been saying all along, it's literally an egg. <laughs> and and I didn't expect that at all. So it was like so, it was almost so predictable that it was unpredictable because I didn't, and I don't think I saw any fans speculating like, it's just an egg. It's got a yolk. It's got an animal in it. Yeah. Nobody, like, I definitely, I made a lot of jokes about what was inside of the egg. Um, oh, yes, but, you did. <laughs> so many jokes. But I never <laughs> once actually, like, thought about the fact that there would be a giant thing in the egg that obviously would hatch from the egg. Like, that never occurred to me, even though obviously it's an egg. There's going to be something growing in the egg. <laughs> and so when it hatched and, like, the, the, the monster thing came out, did both of them come out of the egg? Because I only saw one come out, and the other one kind of came out of nowhere, and I was like, I don't know what's happening. But even then, Honestly, like, it's I was such... like, the other one has to have come out of somewhere, so maybe they were both in the egg, but that was definitely confusing. Yeah, and so, like, I was reading it, and it happened, and I was like, I really should have, I should have seen that coming. Like, that makes so much sense that there would be just this weird monster inside of the egg. And... Even then, like, it's even more, like, because they're doing kind of a retro comics thing with um, Poe Dameron. Like, that's such a, like, a 70 comics thing to do. It's just be like, oh, there's a giant egg. Oh, there's a giant monster in the egg. Oh, now the monster's going to find another monster. Like, <laughs> it I makes mean, so much sense. And I never it saw it coming. It was a great monster. It was cool looking. It looked, it was very Pacific Rim. I, it was a great <laughs> monster Pacific fight. Rim. It was quite yeah. Pacific Rim, yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Yeah. It didn't feel particularly Star Wars, though. Like, I was into it, but I was also like, this is so weird. Yeah, it, it's funny because I saw... Oh, I'm sorry, Megan, go ahead. Uh, I, this comic as a whole very much had that 70s feel, and while I think in parts it contributed to making it feel like Star Wars, in parts it didn't because they sort of kept with each each idea, each character represented one thing. So the monsters represented... They came out of the egg. They were this savior, maybe, and they they had to fight. Poe was like the pure, kind of cool, good guy. Terex was the slimy imperial. Phasma was the uh, sort of um, like she just wanted Terex to follow the rules, and he didn't want to follow them. It was pretty simple, and that was not necessarily a bad thing. But I felt that that was, if I was going to describe this, I would say it was very straightforward. I had no idea Mothra from the Godzilla movies was going to come out of the egg. Um, Because (laughs) that was, seriously, I was like, oh, okay. It it was, I definitely feel the 70s vibe. I I definitely agree to that. It was was funny because it wasn't what I expected of Poe Dameron comic series, but I wasn't exactly like anti it either, if that makes any sense. So... I don't know. It, it's been Charles Soule has written like great comics. Like I'm, I, I, Lando might be one of the best comic Star Wars stories, yep. you know, hands down. Yep. And um, I'm not a huge fan of Obi Wan Anakin, which we'll review us another time. Um, but I, I love his Daredevil stuff, and I just he gets a benefit of the doubt with me. I, I just been really impressed with the majority of his work, and I felt like this has been an unconventional Star Wars tale. 
and I say that in a sense to where it just shows you again the the uh, what's the word the divert not diversity but the uh, it's the fact that it's so diverse uh, just the, the you can tell you can, the you can tell so many different. No, nah, I wouldn't say <laughs> sort of the, genre. storytelling. Genre. Yeah, genre. You yeah. don't have to tell. Yeah, flexibility. Thank you. That's exactly. I couldn't ah. flexibility, <laughs> diversity. Same difference, right? No, I'm totally kidding. Um, no, it Star Wars and in general has a great flexibility for what you can do with it. That's what I think makes Star Wars stand out against everything. You can go hard sci-fi. You can go hard fantasy. You can do like a monster movie. You can do a noir thing. I mean. You can do anything with it in the context. That's what makes Star Wars so great. And I think that's what Charles Soule has tapped into with Poe Dameron, that you have a, you know, it starts with, like, we're looking for Lower Santeca, which we know eventually he'll find, but then he comes up with this giant egg thing, runs into this Terex guy, who's awesome, by the way. He's probably one of my new favorite Star Wars villains. I need more of him. Love him. He's the Red Baron. He really is. Yeah, and he's, and so I mean, he's supposed to be. Oh, I love it. He's just, he's great. He's a great character. So it, it, it just wasn't exactly what I, what I, I thought it'd be more of like, again, like almost like the old Dark Horse Rogue Squadron comic books where like it's just like spaceships flying all over the place. And, and it's not that. And, and, and But it's not bad either. It's just, it's just not what I expected. And I think that's a good thing because I think that you can be too on the nose with Star Wars and especially with like Poe Dameron. What are you going to tell? You have Poe Dameron, you know, you're going to have Poe Dameron for an ongoing series to shoot X-Wings, you know, the whole time that's going to get old after, you know, five issues. So obviously I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to what would you do with the comic books? I, I, the first thing I would say, I'd be like, have Poe Dameron fly his X-Wing and blow up TIE fighters. <laughs> I mean, that's not, well, I mean, that, yeah. I think we so. need to get Tarek in a ship. We didn't get to see him fly very much. Well, he yeah, we saw him fly um, Tarkin ship. What is it? The uh, not the Houndstooth, but the uh, oh my god, what about the Houndstooth? Carrion Spike. Carrion Spike. Oh, I got said Houndstooth. How do you remember those names? It, well, I don't know. That was that was established in the Tarkin, the Tarkin. novel, yeah. and because uh, it's the location that. that explains it. It's like a really vivid location in that novel. And I love, I love, I love that location, by the way, too, in, in Tarkin. But isn't that also the ship that it cloaks itself that from the Clone Wars too? Is it? Is that the same ship? Uh, I, th- I, I think it might I be. I don't remember which particular one. Well, irregardless, it's it, what it is is that that Tarek's from the Poe Dameron comic. That's the the same ship that Tarkin has from the Tarkin novel. Again, we have the synergy going on. It's a subtle synergy. I really like it. I think I think it's great. I think. Poe Dameron hasn't been amazing, but it's been solid to good. And I'm, I've been very – I've been happy with it. And I hope that that he's got some twists and turns and it gets more in the deep – I like when they just deepen the mythology of Star Wars, whether it be whatever. So I'm hoping that it gets deeper in that. Yeah, I'm hoping that. Um, the next arc is longer than three issues because it being three issues kind of condensed in. So they couldn't really do – it couldn't really get too deep in whatever it was doing. Um, like yeah. kind of like it got like the setup, and then you got like the problem, and then you got the resolution, which is the aliens coming out of the egg, and then not learning much about the aliens. And I agree, it's been like good, sol- solid to good, in the same way the main Star Wars series has been. And I think it's harder when you're doing like something like the the main Star Wars series. Like you've got to you've got to be consistently solid with that because it's the main Star Wars mm-hmm. um, comic series. And then with Poe Dameron, like it's it's the main ongoing for the new the new stuff, and so you've got to like make sure it's solid um and i think we will get more 
into the lore and mythology of Star Wars because like they're following Law Santeca, so it's going to be Force related stuff. Like, why did Law even want to go see this egg? Did he know what was going to come out of the egg? I I want a, I want a lore <laughs> comic because why would he go to that yeah. egg? <laughs> I guess you might as well just write the lore comic, right? Because yeah. it's going to be following in the same footsteps. Let Saf write the lore comic and about her, about him just freaking out about this egg, you know? <laughs> and he can postulate that it's thousands of smaller eggs. He doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to I'm gonna one day write this comic and I'm going to make that a thing. <laughs> I, I hope you I, do. I just hope I can get like some story credit. Like you can just ask me, I can help out in some way. Cause I would, I would die to work on a little bit. But you know, but, like, that's, that's a good question. Like I'm wondering about Lord Santeca. We know he winds up on Jakku, which is interesting because we know that a lot of people assume he lived there for a long time. Right. But it sounds like he's only been on there for a short time, whether it be five years or, you know, whatever, but that like they don't that he was there at one point. You know, I think it's interesting to think because of the Poe comic again, because of this comic book, we kind of get. I got the idea that that he wound up there for a reason, and he has Luke that Luke's destiny. You know, his map to Luke again. Ray's on there. It's just interesting that he wound up there on Jakku eventually with the map that Ray is on as well. The Force works and in mysterious it, ways. It's it's true. I'm just I'm just saying. Like it's I it, I don't. Is it an accident? It's possible. I I think it's interesting that he hasn't been there the whole time. He just wound up there because maybe you know how did he get the map? We don't know. I mean, they're obviously not going to tell us in this in this comic series. But I, I wonder, think that's well, going to be since Poe is like a monthly comic and it's an ongoing monthly comic, like in the same way the comics are. Um, like it's going to take it a while to actually get to you know, where we, to, like, a strong, solid point that's been going for a little while, um, and, you know, by the time episode 8 comes out, this comic will be on, like, what, like, issue 20-something, um, depending on how things go, like, we don't know what we're actually going to get from it, like, by the time episode 8 comes out, assuming the comic's still going, then we don't, we don't know what, what'll happen with it, um, but it'll be interesting to see if it is still going at the same time as episode 8, how it'll kind of give us hints towards, you know, stuff like what Law was doing on, on Jekko and why he was there. Like maybe he just likes the desert. We don't know. He loves the desert. And he loves the force. That's why he's there. He's like the force is strong here. I'm just gonna vacation, retire here. <laughs> you know, and we it's don't, warm. We don't even know because there's the there's the Jekko battle, battle of Jekko, um, that happens that we're getting in life debt or Empire's End. I think um, that will be. It's gonna be a massive thing for Star Wars, I assume, and it's gonna happen at some point in the in the EU. And maybe that will relate somehow to why Law's there. Maybe there was, like, a ship that had artifacts on it or something that crashed on that planet. And so there's, like, mm. a thing happening there. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. I mean, I... I like that. I, I like that idea, though. It's a cool idea. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that battle and why it's happening. Because why, why Jakku, of all places, would that battle happen? Like, such a big thing be going on. Well, so, it was... Yeah. What I understand is, for and again, Megan, you, you might be able to know this even better than I do. But what I understand it to be is that the planet was in the strategic like battle between the remnants of the Empire and the Rebellion slash New Republic. It was a planet for strategy, like for a strategic move, like who controlled that planet and that where the Empire was. 
they would like dominate or something like basically they use that planet to like go to the other planets and, and invade. So it was like a strategy kind of like if they didn't have this planet, whoever had the, or had this planet might have the tactical, the advantage over the other. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's what I, that's what I remember hearing. So that whether or why that was, I always assumed when I was told that or read that, that was just because wherever the, the, the battles, the other battles were taking place, it just happened to be the, the tactical like advantage point. That was covered in Lost Stars. Um, it would certainly be interesting if there was some other reason for Lore Santaka being there specifically. I hadn't thought of that. Like maybe there's, I like that idea of an artifact or something. But as far as we know so far, um, all we have seen, and we have seen some of the Battle of Jakku in uh, Lost Stars. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. right. I didn't reread that book. Um, as for like the Poe comic, I like what it's doing, and I think Charles is relatively good at capturing Poe's voice. It's kind of gotten a bit stale by the third issue. Like in the first issue, it was really good, and I was like, "Yeah, this is Poe." By third issue, it's kind of like um, it's it's not like he's not fleshing him out in the same way he fleshed out Lando or um, what's his face in in the Lando. It's almost comic. the same way I felt about Poe in The Force Awakens, though. Like really strong voice, and that voice just stays the same. Yeah, and I think that's but I, fine I agree with you. In like one movie, like in the first movie, that's kind of okay, especially for a character they didn't initially intend on being such a big character. Um, and then. And then in the comic, because you're getting him, like, regularly, and it's, like, a long-running story somewhat, it's kind of like, oh, okay, this is just the same character, and not much is changing. Like, he doesn't really have any deepness. And that's what I liked. Lobot, that's his name. That's what I liked about Lando. Like, the Lando comic mm. is also, like, mm-hmm. really fleshed out Lando and Lobot, and, like, Chinacha, and that as, like, characters with personalities beyond what you just see in the movies. And he seems to be struggling a little bit with that with Poe. I'm not sure if that's because he can't get much more out of Poe, because, you know, like information is still being kept quite tight with the with the mm-hmm. new movies and everything um you're kind of getting it a bit with the other characters like um snap and kare and stuff like you get a bit more characterization out of them which is really cool i like that but when it comes to just poe i'm sort of like eh okay he's just he's just poe i think that's kind of the, like how megan said it's kind of his character in general he, there's not i mean again not to offend any poe dameron fans or fanatics that are in love with poe because I understand he's got charisma, I just don't think he's as a depth wise. He's a pretty straightforward character, you know. He's a great pilot. He's got a big. He's obviously got like a very like you know. He's he's fearless. He's just very straightforward. There's not a lot of like at least for that right now. We don't have a lot of depth with him. And I think that's kind of what we're getting. We're just kind of getting what he is. He's just a, a really great pilot. He grew up in the rebellion slash republic. And he, you know, when he he cares for his, his shipmates or his uh, co-pilots and when they are are uh, what's the word uh, in trouble or, or or whatever, he he wants to do what he thinks is right. And that's why he joins the resistance. So I think there's not exactly a lot to do with them from like, again, from the emotional death wise. I say you couldn't, but I think he's just, like he's a very straightforward character. And I think that. It it can it, it can also hurt you you know with the, with these stories because you he's is limited but you if you do that are they saving the, those character you know uh, development moments for the film so like you well, said it's Sab not necessarily I don't know development that you need like character development it's just like more diverse writing with the character I think 
Yeah, like more than, I agree like with more that, than yeah. him saying lines that sound like just kind of like rewrites of what he said in the movie. <laughs> essentially, um, I feel like you could possibly branch out a bit more with how he talks and his interactions with characters. But again, I don't know really what they're planning, and like there might be more in the later things. And because it was you know the first arc, it's a little bit staler compared to what will come later on. Um, it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, at the moment I'm sort of like, I, I love, I love Poe. I really do. But I'm kind of bored of his character at the moment because there's not much you can get out of him. It's kind of like Han Solo no, yeah. all over again for me. And I'm sort of like, Whoa, whoa, okay. whoa, whoa, whoa. Han Solo has... That's shots fired. I think that's a good, a good transition though, or a little bit of a wrap up. Um, I think we are going to pat, we're going to skip on talking about the Han Solo comic today yeah, because we're... We're running a little long. There's only one issue out. Um, but what I do want to ask before we go is, is um, which of these comics is worth your money, basically? If you, comics are expensive. Comics are, there's a lot of ways to get them, but it's not always easy to go down to a comic shop. Um, if, you know, do you think if somebody wanted to pick up one or even any of them, which do you think someone should pick up? Which is most worth the price go ahead Saf you first okay I'm thinking um the main Star Wars series is is good but the problem is that that one isn't really that self-contained and if you're just reading one series reading just the main Star Wars series wouldn't entirely work for you because like Afro would pop in and you'd be like what who who is this what's happening kind of thing that's a, that's a really I feel good like point the Darth Vader comic even though it kind of like ebbs and flows with how good it actually is like on the whole, it would be a good, relatively self-contained thing to read, apart from the Vader Down, which is like a crossover. Um, it would, if you want like a good, long-running Star Wars series that like with characters you know and also cool new characters. Um, Darth Vader is good, and like Afra and her droids are awesome, and it's got some interesting stories that are going on in inside of that comic. And I mean, it's ending soon anyway, so it's not like you have to read it forever. Yeah. Um, so I would potentially recommend Darth Vader over all the others. I mean, Poe Dameron's wow. fun, but it's if you don't if you don't love Poe Dameron as a character and you're not super hyped about the Force Awakens or anything, it probably won't be what you want. <laughs> Unless you love like That's weird true. '70s comics, which you know I do love. Um, I feel like yeah, potentially Darth Vader would be the best. Han Solo looks like it's shaping up to be really good, but because there's only one issue out so far, it's hard to say. Han Solo, oh my gosh, you guys, you guys are just haters, but you love I the like comic him. book. I like oh. him. I just don't like love him as much as I love Leia. Hey, I get it. I get it. I get it. I think, uh, I, think, uh, I don't. Are you? I'm, do you have anything else, Saf? Or I don't want to. No, I'm good. On I here. mean, like we all know, I just love Lando, and none, none, none of the other comics have really captured my heart in the same way Lando has yet. And so I'm so mm. like, eh, mm. all right, they're good. They're not. None of them are bad. It, it depends on which characters you like a lot and how much you want That's to keep point. it self-contained to the particular comic you're reading. Like I said, like the main Star Wars comic, if you're okay with it crossing over with other things without you knowing what's happening entirely, it's good. It's it's consistently good and the writing's good and like it's Leia and everyone else are just awesome in it and I love it. But yeah, it's got the crossovers with Vader and it's going to keep going and so I can't promise it'll keep being good as well. And Vader, Vader is going to finish its arc and I think it'll be nice. I um I think that the question of like self-contained stories is really important when it comes to comics is if you just kind of want to duck in and out of one can you do that and that's part of why 
I would say that the thing I think is most like bang for your buck here is the Podameron comic because you've got the arc. I mean, it's go- it's an ongoing, but this arc is very self-contained by itself, and it has a lot of connections to the Force Awakens. So if you like the First Order, it's got Phasma and it's got Terex. If you like the New Republic, it's got Poe and his squad. It's got some of that like Force mysticism. Um, although it is sort of simple, it's simple in the same way that The Force Awakens was. So I would recommend that one for somebody that likes the movies but is kind of new to comics. Yeah, for me, it, it, again, and I'm like the resident of this crew that is in love with comic books in general. So it's really hard for me to pick one because I buy them all because I don't believe in saving money. Um, <laughs> so for me, I. I'm going to go with the main Star Wars title. And I, and I think Saf brought up a great point that it does intertwine a lot with other books. But I feel, for me anyway, I think they do a decent job of like explaining who these people are. And if it piques your interest for the other books, that's the whole p- kind of the purpose of incorporating them a lot of times. So, I mean, but I think for the most part, Jason Aaron's done a pretty damn good job. And it's, I think it's pretty diverse in, in your in a style a style of storytelling with the art. The art's always top notch, um, and it's a variety of different things. Um, you get the Obi Wan stories at the very end. I think it's just a fantastic story. If you're going for an ongoing, if you're just kind of looking for random, like you just want to pick up a trade here and there, uh, I think we'd all agree, agree that Lando's probably all our number ones i'm assuming for that story or for for comic books i mean i I don't know about you i I thought you were a big fan of lando too but yeah um, lando was really good yeah if you want to pick up just like a a short series like a a limited run of star wars and like like you just want to get to star wars and like you just want to read a good comic lando is a really good miniseries just to pick up and read through because it's so well done it's amazing Yeah, and, and it's 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 well done in the writing, the story, in the storytelling, and by by the artist too. Alex Maleev did fan. It's just fantastic. His work on Daredevil um, years ago with Brian Bennett was uh, amazing. But this stuff is it, it's almost like he went up but a step above and really did a great job of, of telling a great Lando story, which I didn't know at first was going to really fit the character Lando. Cause it's, you know, he's Rico Suave. He's like smooth. It's, you know, but it was like it, the, the art was perfect to fit the dark tone of what was about to happen. So yeah, I would say Lando is probably the one story. I think if you want to buy a comic, read that, or if you want to get, get a pick up a weekly amount of comics on online or whatever, I'd I recommend the main Star Wars series. And I really can't. I, I, and again, I'm not being paid to say this, but I can't recommend <laughs> Marvel Unlimited enough. I I think it's fantastic service. You get they have a t- like oh, so many Dark Horse comics on there. You can do it's basically Netflix for comic books for those who don't know what it is. Uh, I pay for the year service and it's fantastic. I, I honestly, they basically get every six months they add the previous issue. So like, if you don't really have the time or like the the money to invest in a bunch of comic books, but you want to read as many as you can, that's probably your best bet. It's always six months uh, away uh, from like the, the other newest issue that, issues that are coming out. But they'll eventually happen. And you'll get them and you'll read them and you'll love them. So if you don't have enough, you know, if you want to save your money, I think that's a great viable thing. I love the service. So that's another way. But again, if you're, for my opinion, if you want a, a monthly comic to read for star Wars, I think the main titles are your, 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 your best bet. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm mostly coming at it from like a, if you don't have the money and you know that you'll want to go read Darth Vader to like understand Ephra and stuff, 
the the Darth Vader comics are definitely better for that. But the main series is really good. Mm-hmm. But I, if yeah, if you just want to pick up like one thing and just have it like ongoing, Darth Vader is good as well. Yeah, Darth Vader. Darth Vader. I, I really can't undersell. It had it, it, it dipped a little bit in quality, just a little bit, like for a while. But it picked back up, and it's easily it's fantastic. I was, I'm surprised that it's it's been as good as it has been to be honest. So yeah, it's, after after like. Um, well, around the time of like Vader down, like a little bit before then, and then during that, and then after it, it definitely has picked up a lot. No, totally. I 100% agree. 100% agree. Cool. All right. Um, well, guys, thank you for talking about comics, especially when you had expertise that I did not have. Um, where can we find you on the internet when you are not here? I'll go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can find me, Paul, not Saf, uh, at uh, Herman22 uh, with two N's. That's on Twitter. Um, you can also find me on Marvel's Newscast. Um, that's on Twitter as well. It's a podcast where we're talking about Marvel Comics and also Unmuted Podcast where I start a new podcast just talking about general geeky stuff. Our first episode's out. We'll be on iTunes soon. And also, by the way, for people wondering about Blaster Cannon iTunes, we're still waiting on word on that. Um, hopefully that'll be corrected soon. Yes, we, for now, SoundCloud is probably your best bet. Um, Saf, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at Wanderlustin, W-A-N-D-E-R-L-U-S-T-A-N. Um, you can also find me, also find me on my blog, notsafwork.com. Um, if you want to hear me podcasting in other places, it's a long list, but it's Rogue Podron, um, Western Reaches, which I do with Megan, of Dyson Droid, Making Star Wars Analysis of Podcasting, and also probably something else that I've forgotten. And yeah. Great. Um, so I can be found on Twitter as at blog full of words. I podcast for Western Reaches. I write for Den of Geek. You can find my guide to Saw Guerrera up on the site now. Um, I write for StarWars.com and for DelrayStarWars.tumblr.com. Uh, thanks, guys. And may the Force be with you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.